Hey, hello, we're back. Welcome back to the Hour of the Wolf. Today I am Wolf, and I'm really happy to be here. Really, really happy. Um, it's a high energy day. It's one of those days that are close to full moon, and yeah, I'm feeling it. So before <laughs> before anyone asks any questions, is this guy a lunatic? Is he completely going by the moon? Yep. I've become one of those people that um, pay attention a lot to the faces of the moon and it's mainly because of the influence of some really good people in the horticultural space and um, some of uh, most some of the most valuable uh, Maori traditions here in the coast and it's called the Marmataka so the basic principle is that as the moon influences tides and winds and other environmental aspects of our lives even um, the growth and behavior of plants and other animal and other uh, living beings um, it also influences us because we're part of nature and we're just being ruled by the same principles no mystery there um, so I'm an animal I'm wolf and I'm being ruled by those principles today's full moon so I'm back here because I feel awesome I feel great and I want to share that with you um, so before we start let's do um, a quick um, breathing exercise and, and kind of a check-in so just sit down this, this is this is not a meditation um, find a space that you feel comfortable or if you're in a space that you don't feel comfortable maybe take this opportunity to kind of ground back to yourself and find that comfort in here and now so just take a few breaths in and out maybe take a minute or two to do this notice the way that the breath goes into your nose and out Just be there with the breath. No real need to change the way you're breathing. It's more about paying attention to it. And it's like when someone you really love comes in with news and you want to really listen to them. Really listen and really pay attention to the way you're breathing and nothing else. So that's uh, about a whole minute 
And if you want to keep going, just pause this and, and stay with your breath as long as you want. Um, again, don't try to look for anything. Just be aware of where you are and who you are at this moment. So we can talk, you know, just uh, have a, a good quote. Or even if I'm the only one talking, you might just, you know, when you're listening to something, your mind can reply sometimes. So just do it. It's a, it's a lunatic phase. It's the, the craziest time of the year. And we're living in a crazy time. And it's, it's good. It, being crazy is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, so today, what do I, what do I want to talk about? There's been so much going on in the world, uh, on the coast, and in Aotearoa, New Zealand, um, in my family. Um, I'm going to be an uncle. I don't know if I told you that before. I'm going to be an uncle, and that makes me really excited um, and scared, because um, uncles sometimes can be really influential on the lives of of new human beings. And as someone that considered himself to be traumatized by ch childhood events, now I don't really think about that as much. It kind of plays to kind of that fear that my ego holds that, ooh, maybe I'm going to fuck up this little baby. Uh, especially if it's a male, especially if it has um, kind of a very sensitive type type of personality or something like that. So yeah, I'm going to be an uncle. That's one thing that's happening. i uh, got a f another friend that's uh, going to have a baby. So it's like a uncle times two. And to him and 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 her... So to his partner and, and him, I wish them all the best. I know sometimes I try to listen to the podcast, so maybe this is one of those times. Um, and also we've been holed up in our houses for over a month. Uh, there's a few of us that are going out now, a few of us that think that going out might actually cause the end of the world. Some of us don't think that at all, think the opposite. Um, we have uh, Gisborne Mayor going, ooh, we got to reactivate the economy and all of there's a lot of heads talking about that and I'm personally just happy that I had the time to not feel guilty of staying home and reflecting and taking care of myself and just being here now and that I had the opportunity to share that with Camilla my partner um that's a privilege a lot of people have not had that privilege um we assume that this experience is very similar for a lot of us, and it might be, um, but there's a lot of people that are living in really tough situations, living on the street, uh, living in a house that, where they're not welcome. And, and so for all of us, what it happens is that it really makes us face the reality of the way we are living. Um, and that might be true for some of us more than others, and that's just... The way it is, just as the faces of the moon, is we, we all have faces of um, being connected to the things that are happening around us and within us, and then faces in which we really don't want to even know who we are and where we are. Um, and so for some of us, this might come as a, an opportunity to change a lot of things. And for some of us, it might not, and that's okay. Um, we're not all the same, even if we're the same at the core um even we began with the same kind of attributes in, in a lot of ways, you know, we all can see and hear and, and, and feel and taste and smell. Some of us don't, some of us can't. Um, but mainly human experience is very um, easy to relate to for other humans. But after that initial kind of 
you know, ready, set, go moment. Uh, my parents were very different to your parents, and your parents were very different to your partner's parents, and and so on and so forth. And there's just no real way that we can bridge that with words. Um, so if you were here for the last um, time we connected, we did that really cool experience of, of bringing people into your heart space and just exploring that love and compassion and gratitude and all those feelings. Um, and that is a real way of bridging that um, difference in the experience that we have. But if you try to explain to someone who you are and how you feel, you might take a decade before they even begin to understand who you are and how you feel. So instead of trying to use words because they're uh, a limiting factor, they're like containers that are trying to be filled with this endless substance of, of what we are in our experience. If we just share who we are uh, by just being who we are, we might be able to, oh, okay, this, this person is this and that, and this is how they behave, and this is what they like, and this is where they come from. Eh? And, and our actions speak a lot louder than our words all of the time it's not just sometimes it whenever you talk about something and then you do it it makes sense for everyone that's watching you and even for yourself um but whenever we just talk and talk and talk and talk like myself um and don't do all of these things that we're talking about then it just doesn't make sense and it just becomes um you know background noise in in the wind so for us to bridge this gap of the experience that we're all living together but apart in so many different ways it it really needs an, a new type of language to to kind of come across as something that we can understand um so i got i got this beautiful friend and she's working on a, on a way of gathering data about the wellness state of people in a community and it's going great and every time I can, I just give her all the, the love and support, um, even if it's just me thinking about her. Um, and so this app allows you to um, just summarize how you're feeling in, during your day. And then you, you can uh, put in there a high point of your day and a low point of your day if you want to. Or maybe you just had a low point and no high point or the other way around. Um, but even these two even if it approaches us a lot more to, okay, because you can share a picture, you can create like a, a title for your, your, the way you're feeling, you can uh, ascribe an emotion to it and even the intensity that you're feeling that emotion with. Um, this, there are still languages and, and words and, and, and systems of meaning that try to convey something that's a lot bigger than what they can actually convey. So um, I think, and I feel in, the way I've been, like, I've been experiencing this Rahui period is just whenever we have this uh, interaction with someone else because it's so much rarer now because we barely see our neighbors and if we do we just see them you know kind of at a distance and uh, families can be separated and workmates and all of that and even if some of us are coming back to work now it just feels weird it's like seeing an ex that you just ghosted on and then you see her like a few years later and you're like oh hi hey how you doing so how can you convey to this person the way you feel um how can the the way we interact change in a way that we can just tell them look in these two years we haven't seen each other i've 
just lived so many things and I'm sorry that, that we had to part in these terms and, and all of that, but like, I'm really happy to see you now. And even if that's not the same with our neighbors and our workmates and, and, and just the people in our community, we have been isolated for a longer time than we were ever accustomed with the rhythm of life that we were um, carrying on with. So it does change the way that we like, because before we had this series of um, relatable experiences and on all of the series of things that we did together, like uh, commuting, buying groceries and so on and so forth. But now like there's only four people or eight people in the store with you when you're buying groceries, uh, maybe 20. Um, if you're going to grocery stores, you have to stand in line and there's like two people talking and there's all the 20 people just standing around, maybe looking at their phone or just staring into the distance and trying not to engage. Um, and so that, that, that communication has changed that the way and the amount of things that we need to communicate and, and, and kind of tell each other and, and show each other has changed because there's so much more to unpack. Uh, maybe you can tell by the speed of, in which I'm talking and by the kind of amount of racing thoughts that you can maybe perceive that are going through my mind. Um, but it's also that I haven't been in front of a microphone for, I think over a month. And so there's so much. And I hadn't been here before because I did not know where to begin. Um, so um, the space, it, it just continues to transform me. Um, and now it just, I, I thought, because uh, I talked to you and you and you and us and we, and, and it's really weird using this um, these terms to define who I'm talking to and, and maybe um, who I'm sharing the experience with or what the point of view I'm talking from is. So I'm talking from myself to yourself and then we've um, maybe touched on the, the fact that we're all part of one thing. So very easily, we're just all in one planet and this planet is made of this infinite amount of connections. And that infinite amount of connections is very, um, you can say analog to the infinite amount of connections on, and interdependencies that go on within our own bodies, with all of the microbes that are living on our skin, on our mouths, on our stomachs, and every other part of our, our, our living beings. It's just like, we're not even a third, like, I think we're only a third or two thirds of ourselves are human. And then the rest of it is um, other microbes like uh, fungi and, and bacteria and little bugs that live on the on our eyelashes and, and stuff like that and the planet on which we live is the same thing and we are all part of that same huge it like really hard to imagine living being so when i'm talking to you as we're all part of the same big enormous amazing just infinite uh, living thing i'm talking to myself and so that really makes me so much more comfortable because I've, I've been kind of talking about this idea for a long time. I'm like, I, I am you and you and me, and it's true. And I know it's true, but if I don't act as if it's true and I keep calling you you as a, as a, like a way of differentiating yourself from myself, which I don't believe that is true, then it just, there's a bridge to cross in, in, in our communication. But if I talk to you as a real way of talking to myself and then you are me, so I'm talking to myself. I'm gonna just acknowledge that I'm talking to myself. And this is just a, a way of ranting and venting and, and, and telling myself things that maybe I don't tell myself when I'm just consciously, consciously thinking. And so this is just a free train of thought going forward and there's nothing to stop it. And it goes from me to you and you or me. So it goes from me to me. It's a, um, a feedback circle, it's a loop. 
um, because we're all in the same huge system. And then, well, if you want to keep talking about huge systems, Earth is connected to um, the moon and both of them are connected to the solar system. So you, you can go as huge as you want or as small as you want and the same will repeat itself. Um, so I'm going to talk to the universe, I'm going to talk to myself, I'm going to talk to you. And yeah, I don't have to worry about that bridge in communication that I have to cross. In uh, my experience, it has been amazing. I've been doing this um, meditation every day, uh, which I was really struggling before uh, because I, I have this difficulty or I've had this difficulty of doing things for myself and by myself. Um, maybe um, because when I was growing up, my mom was always there like, oh, let's do homework together. And she always helped me understand things so much clearly. Um, and then when she was not around, I would just try and, you know, have fun and, and occupy myself and things that made me, you know, uh, entertained. So that pattern just um, became something that um, didn't enforce self-discipline. And I acknowledge that and that's okay. Um, but so I was maybe waiting for my partner to have time off to do these things with me because we are in a closed system of two people and whatever my energy and my thoughts and feelings are affect her and her feelings and energy and, and thoughts affect me. And so when we're not in tune, it's painful. It's just, there's this kind of dissonance, this kind of interference and we end up kind of uh, resenting our interactions sometimes. So by doing this together, because we have been doing this together, this morning meditations and uh, uh, we've been writing a few pages in, in our uh, little notebook every morning and we've been kind of really taking time to be with ourselves sometimes together and sometimes we share sometimes it's completely personal uh, but it is encouraging it is encouraging to have someone else that you know it's struggling as much as you are um, doing these things with you because they're really really necessary for me at this moment and I know they're really really necessary for her um, and it feels amazing it feels amazing it's been um, really an experience of getting rid of things that were before but they don't necessarily have to be anymore so what i just told you about me not being self-disciplined i i used to hold that against me all the time like i, I lack self-discipline i am this lazy obnoxious um facilistic person that just wants everything done easily and don't want to do any big effort and that was a, a part of how i defined myself that was a part of a, my personality my it was a trait so I, I felt and and I swore by my lack of a structure. And now I've been like, okay, I can recognize that and I can acknowledge that I've been like that before. And that is, um, it has been a huge part of my life and my, my life story. But it doesn't have to be like that anymore because we can, you know, you can, you can flip the page, we can change chapters and just begin anew and do something new. And... So as any new habits and new abilities, it just takes some time to get used to it and, and develop that muscle. And I've acknowledged that with everything that we do as humans and living beings, there's a growth process. It's just not like snap and then we get whatever we want. Uh, for some people it might be because they, you know, they've um, gotten in tune with a, with a cycle of change inside and outside themselves and then they can really tell when the change is coming and prepare for it and boom it just happens but uh i'm just a baby i'm just a big baby and it's amazing to be a big baby because i can 
really like literally begin anew. So where before I was, you know, ashamed of being so slow and taking these processes that I just never took the first step because I was ashamed of having to to begin anew and, and learn something new and just become something else. Like I, I went and studied history for four years and I passed half of my credits and it was a great experience. But I was so ashamed to say, well, look, this is not what I thought it would be and I want to do something else. And it was all because I, I thought, oh, you're this really smart guy. You can study two careers at the same, two degrees at the same time and then go on to ma do a master's and a doctorate and then you're going to be the fucking best. No one will be able to touch you. Um, and I could have done that. And I could have become this really like fucking like, egocentrical, uh, egotistic, like the type of person that I don't like because I would have been so sure of myself all the time but in a uh, in a kind of a negative way not, not negative because negative is good um, but like in a harmful way and the lack of humil humility and the lack of, of um, kind of open-mindedness would have just driven me to become what I was more, more most afraid of becoming which was just like my dad um, a rigid structure of knowledge that thinks that everything under the earth is under their control. And that's how I saw myself becoming if I um, continued in academia because everything was set in stone. There was this rule that you had to follow and, and if there was no scientific evidence to back it up, then you, uh, you were worth nothing. But culture is not like that and history does not behave like that. And I didn't understand history in the terms that it, it was being taught to me. And that kind of cognitive dissonance just made me go, Boom, crazy. And I couldn't admit that I had made a mistake and I had chosen wrong because of all of the opportunities and situations that externally looked amazing. Like I had this scholarship from day one of my degree and then I blew it on the first semester because I just didn't care enough. I didn't care enough about uh, grades. I didn't care enough about homework and papers and because that's not the way I learned. And, and all through high school, uh, I remember I did... I barely took any notes and I was the best at everything. And that's that, that's how I saw myself. I'm the best at everything. I don't need to learn and, and the kind of um, conventional way and this and that. And so I went in like a cocky cock into um, a history degree and then found my, that, well, if you want to be successful in this area, then you have to be like this and this. And you have to be really, really um, self-disciplined and constant and, and, and driven. And that was just not me. So if I had taken that lesson from the first semester and said, okay, look, I blew up this scholarship. I don't have, um, I can still pay for my degree. Well, my parents can still pay for my degree, but do I really want to do this? And my parents did ask me every semester, do you really want to keep, keep doing this? And my ego was like, yes, I don't, I never surrender. I'm too tough. And then my mom was reinforcing that as well. And then there was all this shame and guilt involved with it and then that just developed into these complexes in my mind and in my personality that made me feel like shit all the time and made me feel like um, I was worthless and now I can really just look at that because I have have had that clar clarity of, of how things happened before but I can look at that and just forgive it you know let's just let it go like fuck it happened damn it was really really tough but it just happened and it was just a part of the story and it was a part of the process. And now I'm here and I'm 28 and, and it's just been, uh, it's been seven years since I, I left uni and then I went in to study photography and I went in just wanting to do something that made me feel good.
and even through that process, I still felt guilty. So I, I focused on, on on those feelings through that process. And even though um, I was doing this creative work and it was awesome and I was being praised for it at school and I I graduated with honors, I'm one of the six people in 30 years that graduated with honors in that academy. Uh, um, in that academy and, and that was just this huge huge boost to my confidence but at the same time there were my parents saying oh, well how are you gonna earn money because i was only doing self-portraiture and that was the only thing that i ever wanted to do i did not want to take pictures of uh skinny ladies or um cars or anything and i tried and i tried it several times in different uh, ways and it was always just Oh, we, they were always um, looking for results and things that they could sell and things that they could show so uh, they could uh, say, hey, we're doing great. Look at us. We're awesome. And I was not into that um, ego feeding kind of journey. And I was not into selling shit. I was not like, because I did this um, set of photographies for Harley David Davidson's in um, Colombia. And it was cool. I, I really enjoyed the experience. It was like a cool culture. But it, in the end, it was all about selling stuff. And they did not care about um, the creative process that went behind it. And that was the only thing I cared about. I did not care about the result. I did not care about if people liked it or not. I cared about just speaking my myself, speaking my message, speaking my truth. And so here I am doing that because that's the thing I care about. Um, and finally, I can just sit down and say, like, it doesn't matter if people don't understand me. It doesn't matter if I ramble. It doesn't matter if I go on and on about the same thing and I go in circles. It doesn't make sense. Uh, it doesn't matter if I talk too fast or too slow. It doesn't matter. <clears throat> All that matters is that I trust myself enough to do something that I know I want to do. So that's been a month <laughs> of a lot of, of reflection. And, and um, I've had this this idea that I'm just communicating now, uh, building itself. And uh, it started out as, oof, maybe I'm going to be able to um, meditate for a few days in a row and it's going to make me feel better. Um and and then as time went on and it's only been like what two weeks um not even and it just has become it's not about um achieving something through meditation anymore for me um it has become like okay i got the opportunity to sit down and meditate and i'm gonna take that chance and i'm gonna enjoy that shit and it doesn't matter if i have like two thousand thoughts going over my head because they're there and that's it and they're and and that's just one little part of me and and I, I need to acknowledge it. And then I have this really annoying pains in my back that have to do with um, things that I haven't let go. Um, and I have them and I feel them. And I've been feeling them, some of them for years. And then I've learned that just being there with that pain and just listening to it or um, kind of being in that presence um, allows me to understand where they come from. And then just as that whole lot of um, stuff that I, I let go in front of you or me, um, it's going to be, there's going to come a point in which I can understand and let it go and move on. And then my back is going to feel amazing. Uh, I've had allergies all my life. And when I was around 10, 11 years old, I said, like, look, all of this is psychological. I know that all of this is psychological. No one told me. No one said anything. No one said, oh, you can cure your allergies. If you just stop giving a fuck. Um, no one told me that you could just say, uh, okay, I'm cured. And then you'll be cured. Um, until <clears throat> recently, I've been um, sharing this experience with this um, the person that's guiding our meditation. 
And she talks about how her allergies were just out of control, how she had this depression and all of these things that are really touch, um, touch me in a, in a very deep level because it's a very similar experience to me. And um, I said, okay, look, I'm going to try it. So I'm going to say, okay, you are breathing perfectly. You have no problems in, in, in your breath. And, and even if you do, that's a perfect thing. You know, it, it's, it's not a problem. It's not something you have to fight. The more that you give into this um, notion that something's wrong, the worse it's going to get. So just accept it. Go with it. And it worked. Like day one, day one, it worked. Um, and it's been working. Like whenever I feel too distracted and I focus on something else, um, for too long and I become kind of dispersed, my nose starts clogging up a little bit, but then I go, go back to just listening to my breath and being present with my breath and boop, it just opens up and it took some, some practice, but I, I got it because I, I knew I'd done it before. I knew because my sister, I told her that when I was 11 years old and she has the same level of allergies or worse than me. And she said like, nah, nah, you can't do that. It's not possible. You can't. And I, I told her, look, I believe it's possible. And, and, and I got rid of my allergies for like two years. And then they came back. And I, I blamed it in uh, external um, circumstances and like environmental stuff. But I know it's something that has to do with like whenever I don't like anything, uh, something and um, I'm rejecting it and I'm fighting it, I get allergies. It's funny ass. It's really, really funny. So now that I acknowledge that, it just goes. Like, oh man, you're fighting it. You're fighting it. Stop fighting it. Oop. No more allergies. No more clogged nose. No more runny nose. And I'm feeling so much cold right now. Like, um, we have this cold snap that started like on Monday. And I'm, I'm loving it because I know that just that's just the season changing. And I love being able to, to feel that. In Colombia, we have this rainy season and the dry season. And that was it. And I grew up in, in places that were very stable in their temperature. Um, so uh, one of the things that I wanted to do, um, being this person that read all of this European and, and, and North American literature, was to experience those seasons. Now, being here in, in Aotearoa, New Zealand, I can. And it's tough because my body's absolutely not used to it. But, you know, that's another part of me. You know, I'm, my body feels cold. And that's completely okay because it's cold. It, the temperature is changing. And every time... I had this program in my head. Every time the temperature changes, you get sick. You get allergies. You get a cold. You're going to get really bad. And now, um, I'm trying to fight that. Not, not fight it. Um, rewrite that program. Um, and yeah, I get cold. I, I can't fight it. And I try to enjoy it because I used to be able to enjoy cold back in the day before um, I got that program in my head. I think it came from my mom, but don't tell her because um, she gets a bit personal sometimes. And and now it's just, oh man, I'm cold and I gotta, I gotta enjoy this because it's the changing of the season. And it's, your body is also communicating with the environment. And it's like, you gotta slow down. And at the same time, I'm starting with this gardening project. And I think uh, that's another way of myself, uh, proving myself that I'm not uh, this sluggish, uh, sleazy, lazy piece of shit that people told me I was, um, and I told myself that I was, but I can do things, you know, and then things that will be useful for myself and my community, so community garden, here we go, but fuck, it's cold, and I've been avoiding it for a couple of days, and I know it's not because I'm a piece of shit, I know it's not because I'm this lazy, lazy uh, asshole, it's just because it's really cold, and it just, um, you know, I need some adapting, and it, that's fine, that's fine, so yeah, half an hour of ranting, this has been my process through um, 
the last couple of weeks, uh, maybe three weeks, four weeks, um, Rahui and I feel so much better. I feel so much better because I can say all, all of these things or most of these things without judgment, um, without saying uh, I'm bad or good because I'm doing this. It's just I feel good. I feel happy. I feel grateful. And all that, this talk about gratefulness that we had before and, and gratitude and compassion and empathy, I've, I've felt that throughout my life, but not for such an extended period. And not in a long time, because there's so many factors that I was paying attention to. And it's not an external thing. It's not someone else's fault. It's just that my attention and my energy was dispersed, just going everywhere. I had to please all of these different outputs and, you know, be good in my job, be good at school, be good at blah, 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 be good with my partner, be good with myself. But during Rahuya, I've been just good with myself and my partner. And maybe cleaning the house a little bit. And just three things, right? Cooking, meditating, making my bed, doing laundry, making sure um, I keep physical distance, not social distance. Um, and that's it. It's a very simple, simplified way of life. And as complex as that can become sometimes. It's just a few things that you have to pay attention. And maybe I can do it one at a time. And, and I feel so good just doing one thing at a time. Um, still working on that because I a lot of times I'm doing the dishes and I put this YouTube video because I want to be either entertained or educated. Um, so I I'm really used to doing a lot of things at the same time. But there's moments in my day where I do only one thing, and before that did not happen. And um, I do this single thing with all of my energy and focus. And I don't blame myself because I'm not doing something else. And I feel to the core of my heart that that's the way it should be. I, we should be able to do something with all our love and do it in the best possible way. And that should be enough. I don't want to go back into the, that division and conflict kind of mindset. But there is... There is a constant flow of change that I've been feeling more and more because it's just this cycle of ebbing and flowing energy. And it goes back to Maramataka, it goes back to the faces of the moon, um, but it, it's also an internal cycle, it's also an environmental cycle, the economy has that cycle, the stars has that, have that cycle, the tides, the winds, temperature, seasons, they have those cycles. And because we're all part of the same system that's really intelligent and self-regulating, but we have become separated from it, we don't feel like we have any sense in, in, the, in the things that we do. Um, I feel that there's this narrative that we have to uh, kind of fit into of the economy and uh, production and you know development and growth and um, that you have to make something of yourself <laughs> and that uh, you have to become someone and you have to have status and power and money and possessions and all of these things and that narrative began what maybe five thousand years ago or maybe two thousand years ago or it's just a very long process and we've come to this point in which we've been doing this for thousands of years 
talking about status, talking about possessions, talking about becoming someone, talking about um, hoarding um, material um, things. And now we have so few people that can actually achieve the um, objective of that narrative, go to the end of the line, and so many of us that it, there's no way that we're going to ever achieve that peak point that there, has been sold to us as the ideal goal to achieve. And so even the people that reach those peak points, the, uh, the people that get everything in life and can do whatever and have all the power and all the status and all of that are miserable at many different points in their life and very, very surely at the end of their lives. So why do we want to keep going towards that goal? And my answer to that, and that's just, it's a question I've had for a long time since I first uh, kind of became aware of this. Like, why do we want to do that? It's just senseless. It doesn't make any sense. Now, we've been holed up in our houses for over a month. And then the economy is just <laughs> tanking. Um, money doesn't, you know, is not is not worth the same as before. The oil went down to um, negative value, and at least American oil did. And all of these structures are failing. All of these things are coming down, coming apart, and none of us is doing anything. And that's the craziest thing. I, I had this kind of sensation or the sense that uh, in order for uh, this structure, you call it capitalism, call it the system, call it whatever you want, um, to collapse, all we had to do was nothing. Just walk away, walk away let it collapse under its own weight because it's such a huge structure, so heavy that we've been all collectively carrying it and just being subjected to this weight that just sucks up all of our energy. And all we had to do was just let go because we were holding the chains with our hands. And the chains were like, I want to be on top of the hill. I want to be number one. I want to be the richest. I want to be the prettiest. I want to be the one with the most cars, ponies, whatever the fuck you want. I want to have the most uh, tokens. Um, I want to be the best. And then holding on to that chain, we were just being sucked away all of our energy, all of our lives. So talk, think about what's your life. You, you have time in a space. You have Say you live a hundred years, you have a hundred years to live in this land, in this beautiful planet. And that's all you ever have. That's all you're ever able to achieve. And then we're giving all of that away in exchange for shiny things. I remember in, in Colombia, in, on, on our history classes in primary school, they were saying like, well, the indigenous people, they, they swapped all of their gold for shiny trinkets with the Spanish, which um, they made it look like indigenous people were stupid and, um, and that the Spanish were really, really coy and really cunning and <laughs> how they tricked the, the natives into, into um, just giving everything away. Well, we know it wasn't like that. We know it wasn't just not like giving everything away. We know that we were so full of gratitude and grace that we were just giving things because we had them and trading them because, you know, that's, that was something you could do. And it was, yeah. But now, now we are literally trading our biggest treasure, our only possession in life, which is our, our time here, away for shiny trinkets. And we don't think that's dumb. We think that that's the epitome of civilization that's the highest peak of human development that is nothing beyond that um and i just laugh 
I've been just laughing my ass off, just watching all of the structures collapse because we're not doing anything. Because we let go of the chains. Because the chains would have killed us if we didn't. So if we keep going, if we kept going to work, if we kept doing what we were doing before, and we kept on um, just, you know, making money, paying for things and, and accumulating riches, we would have died. If things have gone the way of, oh, keep the airports open, we can't, you know, let the tourism industry collapse. Well, we can, because it's part of the problem. And, and I'm sorry for anyone that works in the tourism industry. I know that you do your job with all of your love, but transatlantic flights, traveling, you know, the way that we have been doing, the cultural appropriation of, of, of just everything, the way that we just not even enjoy our trips anymore because they're just like, oh, we got to see everything. We got to go, 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 go. And then we're burning fuel all through that. And then we're, you know, polluting and, and living rubbish and, and destroying nature and destroying culture and destroying everything just because we got to go and see it because we only have this limited time. We only have these two weeks vacations and then we got to go back to work, 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 work. So tourism needs to change as well. And then we got right here, forestry is already going back to work. And then it's just chop, 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 and send them to China. Chop, 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 and send them to China. And what is the point of that? If we're going to go back to the same, did we not learn anything from the problem that caused that China is the only source of income for a quarter of the families on the coast, and then China closes down for just a month, and then economy collapses on the coast? What is the point of just going back to doing the exact same thing after three months of pause? You had three months to rethink things and then we're going to go back to the same. That's a missed opportunity. And I know there's a lot of people in there that don't feel like, oh yeah, no, we're not going to keep doing the same. We're going to look for the opportunity to change. We're going to start, you know, doing R&D and we're going to start looking for other ways of using these logs and we're going to do this and this and the next thing and do it. Never stop. We've had three months to think about it. Don't stop. You got to do it. Because going back to normal is just suicide. It's just wasting three months of our time. And the economy is not going to recover and not going to go back to the same. It's not going to go back to normal because there's so many rules that have changed. We, we're not going to have the same air traffic as we did before. So Air New Zealand will, will go back to being the same in the next two or three years. So why would you want to invest two or three years into building back up to the same thing that was destroying our atmosphere and, and our environment? It doesn't make sense. Use those two or three years into building something else. And there's so much suffering going on and so much uh, being people, uh, people being laid off and so much of everything going on. But if we don't find the meaning on it and change with that signal that's clear, like you got to change, go to the other lane, go, you know, take this detour because the road ahead is broken and you're going to fall off a cliff. If we don't see those signs and we don't take heed, then we're going to fall off the cliff. So um, one thing that I learned too during this time is that all of this change is not going to happen all at once. Because even if for me and maybe you and maybe the next person, it's clear that things have to change, that we have to go forward into a new version of, of life, that we have to start creating like a new operating system for this computer. Um, a lot of us might have missed the bus, we might have missed the message, and that's okay. Because we were not all paying attention. A lot of us were just spiraling out, you know, abusing our partners, uh, abusing ourselves with substances. We were locked up in a corner, 
just spinning our same thoughts in our head, just thinking, what what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Because we were still fixed on this narrative of I got to get more money, buy more shiny things, and then be happy. When we realized that we already have everything that we need to be happy, it just happens. So... <laughs> it's um, It's been a very interesting time. And one thing that I, I need to remind myself is, is that last thing, the change is not going to happen all at once. And it's a gradual thing, it's a process. It's a little seed that becomes a little seedling that becomes a little plant and then because of this huge tree that's going to feed everyone. Um, and just as it happened in many other moments in history, it's going to happen again. Um, I hope that that same notion can give you some peace because I see a lot of us losing hope because things are in a way returning back to normal. But it doesn't have to be that way. And it doesn't have, you, you don't have to see it that way. It's just not something that's really visible at this time. But the change is coming. The change is happening. If you see that change is needed and the change is 100% necessary and that we do have, like we have to do all of these things. If you can hold that in your heart and in your mind and work towards that, then the change has already happened. And that's, what I can really feel from my experience. If I know what I want to achieve, if I know what's necessary in my life, and I hold that clearly as an intention in my heart, in my mind, and my in myself, and I make every conscious choice in that direction, because I know I can feel in my heart, I can feel it, in, and I can see it in my, my mind when something is moving me away from my objective, or when something is moving me close to my objective. And then when I talk to my friends and I talk to my neighbors and I talk to people, like my heart tells me, oh, you got to go this way. This is something that's for you. This is something that's um, going to move you closer to your path. Uh, so engage, engage, engage. Once you know that what the objective is, then that, that go, go, go signal will be there. And then we just have to listen to it. So... I hope the go signal is going off for a lot of us and I hope that you you can you can hear it and that can that can be enough for you because well, remember how hard it's been to even imagine that you need to change to just break free from that illusion that you're perfect and that you're doing everything right and then just realizing oh maybe maybe I'm just not even thinking about what I need and I'm just feeding this endless loop of consumption and 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 dispossession. But now, if you feel that need for change, that is all that you need to enact that change. You know that you want it. Now go for it. Hopefully, um, with this new burst of energy that I'm feeling today, and, and hopefully I'm, I'm going to be able to man maintain it. And so I, I want to put out some useful um, tools uh, for us to be able to listen to that um, those go, go, go signals, you know, those um, in intuitive communications that we have with ourselves. Um, you can call it that, you can call it gut feelings, you can call it um, pee pee or poo poo, whatever. Uh, but paying attention to those has made all the difference for me. And even if I feel a little bit agitated today and just full of energy and full of ideas and just needing to talk and let things out, it's, it's something that's transferable. <laughs> 
And I realized that yesterday I had this awesome quarter with a mate. And I realized that what I'm doing here in the hour of the wolf, it's uh, by making myself vulnerable and just being my true authentic self. I, I extend this uh, implicit invitation to anyone that's listening to me to be their truly authentic selves when they engage with me. And so it opens the door to that opportunity, to that notion that, oh, maybe if, if he can take that chance and do that, then I can do that myself, or maybe I can just do it with him. And then I, I felt that same message being given to me by people around me when they're authentic and they engage with me authentically and they accept me for who I am. I feel that, okay, okay, I got permission. I can be myself. I can be free. I can express myself. I can have fun. I can be silly. I can be serious. I can be passionate. I can do all of these things that I've been ashamed to do, but not anymore. And now because I've been listening to myself, I can communicate all of these things that I did not see clearly before. Even if I knew they were there, even if I did at a conscious level, there was no communication between that conscious mind and and my heart and my feelings and my emotions and, and my drives and motivations. And I could not see my, my past and my future as positive things or um, kind of these gifts, but I saw them as burdens and risks and things to be afraid of. And I realized the effect that a, a few words can have on a, another person. So I'm, I'm hoping, and uh, what I mean with hoping is that I'm gonna hold that intention in my heart, that I can make these resources available to you, either through this medium or any other. And because there's two things, gratitude is the first one. And the other thing is that we can only hold those gifts that are given to us when we hold it together with someone else. Um, it's like multiplying fish and bread. You know, share it and it becomes more. So I want to share that with you because I want to see that change around me. And I know that change is possible because I've seen it inside of me. Um, so we're going to do a little bit more meditations and, uh, and guide them a little bit more into bringing light into those uh, dark places um that gratitude meditation made me feel so good i'm so grateful i could do it um i didn't i didn't know where that came from it was completely unexpected for me um but we can take it slow and then start from 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 the ground level and and work ourselves up to getting to that point in which we can acknowledge who we are and, and what our place and and role is in this world and and just go for it. Listen to that go-go signal and go for it. And that has been me for today. Thank you so much for being here. It's so awesome to have you here. It's like talking to myself. And it's the best experience. So I hope you enjoyed it. I love you with all my heart. And have the most kick-ass day. Even if it's cold, even if it's raining. Go and just experience that. Or be at, and you know stay home with your blankets. That's awesome as well. You can do it if you can do it. If you have that blessing and that privilege. Do it. And don't feel guilty about it. Because it's awesome. And you're awesome. Take it easy. See you next time.